welcome to the seven podcast i'm your host joseph and i have with me here today the best chef in the world in my most humble opinion i may come off a little biased but this man's been recognized by martell the liquor brand fox news black san diego magazine and much more and it's far from being finished moves are being made with the bad boys of culinary doing it for the culture he runs this, the best restaurant again my most humble opinion in san diego i have to um I've been to the restaurant like more times than I could count, whether it's been for an event or an invitation to take photos, which I was always happy to do, or I was just there to eat and enjoy some of the most fire meals I ever had, like from oxtail grilled cheese to the the fried crab legs, unshelled. Um, everyone, everyone part of the staff was top tier, so shout out to Louisiana Purchase Organization. The odds of having Louisiana Purchase on Louisiana Street in San Diego that was that was pretty crazy they sponsored numerous dope events from feeding the homeless to the sneaker ball and i'm pretty sure there's more events coming i could go on and on but let me shut up and let him introduce himself what's up what's up what's up man this is chef quentin austin i'm here uh bad boys of culinary co-owner louisiana purchase executive chef culinary director for grand prosper uh, man, we're just here. We're blessed, you know, blessed, trying to do it big all over the place, trying to put it on for, for everybody that, you know, couldn't really do it. We're just trying to give them a foundation to lean on. That's all. Once again, I want to thank you for being here. I'm sure there's always business to conduct. So for you to be here means a lot because time is money. You do anything special for yeah. Valentine's Day? Yeah. Nah, man. Um, <clears throat> we had like a little uh, Valentine's Day menu. Um, sold probably about 90 tickets. Um, it was a four course dinner. It was like a real sexy, intimate vibe. Uh, Tanisha Newman, our new general manager, she really showed out. She did like the roses and the little fire things. And she had a little saxophone player dude in there. So, you know, it was, it was a nice vibe, man. Something, something really, really romantic and, and intimate. So we really enjoyed that. Sounds like that sounds like something I could go on a date on my own, like to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We we was just missing you in there taking the pictures, like you know, we like oh. I mean, I wish I was there. I, I do miss taking pictures there and come back to the kitchen and seeing what's up to y'all. Yeah, definitely. So my podcast is for entrepreneurs to listen and understand the life of of a profession as if they were um, pursuing it. They need to know the good and the bad. Social media makes everything look good and easy. And they never show the hard work you put in. Everybody just wants the success that comes with it. So can you tell us everything you did to get where you are from the time you woke up and decided to be a chef? No, nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. There's, a, um, there's a beauty in not knowing everything. You have to leave like a sliver of mystery. There's beauty in learning from your mistakes. And if you provide a way to avoid those mistakes you've made, everyone would just be in your shoes. Learning and growing makes you appreciate your craft and even more because you see how far you've come. And I want every I want every entrepreneur to experience that. There's a difference between giving a hand and giving a handout. People don't understand that and want the instant gratification of success. They see how successful you are and just want that. Not the work or sweat that goes into it. But yeah. What age on did you start cooking and what inspired you? Um my my dad was really a big, a big, you know, a big guy, a big, big cooking guy. He was like 
oh man, like I'm gonna I'm gonna whip this up and whip that up and stuff like that. But um, as as we got a little bit older, they started doing this thing called Fin Night, <laughs> and uh, you know, my mom and dad they'll go to work and all this stuff like that. It was just me, you know, and my my sisters and stuff, and and uh, we would have to fend for ourselves. So I would go in there and I would just start creating stuff, you know, little project project meals, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I would just do like little stuff like that, and I was real handy with it. But um, my passion really was like art, like drawing and painting and stuff like that. I really liked um, a lot of a lot of things to do with art. Um, but I was told like when I when I started wanting to go to the college i was told that you know art don't pay the bills like that so it kind of like stopped me from like wanting to really pursue you know drawing and painting and everything else like that so um i ended up going to college um southern northern suno um for sociology and psychology and hurricane katrina hit and i had to get displaced <clears throat> so i ended up uh you know, bouncing around a little bit. Um, went to Southeastern, uh, and they had like this, this, this dorm room, and we used to call it the TP, the little baby milf, because it looks just like a milf me projects in the waters. So we would be in there, and it was abandoned for two years. They reopened it just to put displaced people in, and uh, it had like it was dirty like dirty like rats and everything it was just it was just it stunk mold it was, it, 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 was, it was some shit so we were um we was putting them and there was a bunch of people in there and i don't know everybody's spirits was just kind of low you know especially at that point in time everybody's spirits was low everything was like it was it was like the wild wild west it was like the free fall um people were finding out loved ones was was gone and and Everybody was wilding and, you know, people was in Houston tearing it up and then went to Atlanta. And then the people that was left in New Orleans, it was like, it was, it was, it was, it was really, it was real, it was a real life purge. It was really the purge. So we, um, to boost everybody's spirits up, uh, I remember the chick, it was a couple people, but I remember a chick named Amber and, uh, it was another little chick. She, they got their, uh, food stamp called for FEMA. They went and bought like, buku food. And they came back to the dorm rooms and they was like, oh, um, we need someone to cook this food. Now, me, my jobs has always been in restaurants, whether it was like washing dishes or prepping or whatever. Like I always worked in, in a restaurant. So I was like, well, I could cook. And so we used to set up like these little hot eyes and these George Foreman girls. And I would put like, the little hot eyes, I was like frying chicken. Then the hot eyes, like with the um, with the little grease thing, frying the little chicken. We was cooking steaks. We was making pasta, spaghetti. <laughs> we was like tearing it down in the dorm rooms, mm -hmm. and we was going around passing out plates to all to all our people. You know what I'm saying? Like we had like the top floor had a bunch of people from the Calio project, so we would go up there, pan out stuff. We had people, you know, people from like Laplace and. Just like the whole little area, we was just passing out stuff. Just here you go, here you go, here you go. So the, and mind you, our our room is like across the tracks. It was just, we was just by ourselves. So stuff, shit started getting so big that the whole other, like the whole other side of the tracks, that's where the whole actual school and all the nice dorms and 
all the, the people that actually went to, they all was like coming over across the track just to get some, just to get plates. So we started selling them. Like, man, we're going to sell these plates. So we started selling them plates. And then the word just started booming. And everybody was like, man, that boy really be cooking. But that's really what was got it started. I'm like, dang, you know, like people really loving it. But it was like, it was, it was really just to give back. It was always to give back, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, after that, because I didn't go to class, <laughs> like nobody really went to class. <clears throat> so after that, I was just like, man, I don't know what I really want to do, blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, I'm going to just go to culinary school. So I ended up going to culinary school, and that's where I really, like, found, like, a new passion uh, for the art of cooking. Like, we knew the basics, but, like, for the art of cooking, like, just letting your imagination run wild and freely and being able to do whatever you want to do and, and and putting flavors together that you normally don't think that could go together. And I was blessed to be able to do that in, you know, in, in my city because New Orleans, well, everybody knows like the, the, the Mecca of, of culinary. It's like so many things started in New Orleans and so many traditions, and so many, so many flavors and so so on and so on. Everything started there. And I tell everybody is like, yo, look, look, like I'm coming from a place that was built by us, you know, as black people, like it's built, it's built by us, it's like food for us by us. Mm-hmm. And everything is ours. And then taking that and coming to San Diego, where at times you feel like nothing is for us. You know, is 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 a different culturally. So, the mind state is to take that and bring it to different places. So that's always been like a New Orleans mind state. It's like you go to Houston now, and they got bounce clubs, and you go to they got snowball shops in Atlanta, and they got daiquiri shops all the way in Vegas. You know, it's like that was that's always the mind state to take our stuff, and wherever we go, we're gonna cement our stuff there. And it's like, you know, it's like, dang, like, oh, well, somebody from New Orleans must have came out here. Like, you know, you know, <laughs> so that's always like that's always been our thing, because we can't go that long without our our own culture, without our own stuff. till we start getting agitated. <laughs> so we have to we have to. So that's what really got me big on like cooking, um, going to corner school, learning different stuff. Um, working for different cats, working for different restaurants. The whole idea was I wanted to be the best um, for myself, but it was more so I didn't want to be a failure. Um, the the drive of not wanting to be a failure, not wanting to end up in prison, not wanting to be dead, you know, especially at that point in time, like New Orleans, New Orleans always been known as like the murder capital and all that kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you don't want to get caught up and certain things, which is inevitable, you do get caught up in certain things, but it's like, how can I maneuver around that and really like be something more than what people think I'm supposed to be? And that was like the biggest thing. So I would go to like different restaurants and different restaurants and I'll work three, four jobs. I'll do, um, I'll work at an Italian restaurant in the morning, steakhouse at night, hotel overnight. I'll work at, uh, a bistro, a French restaurant at night, a gastro pub overnight, just so I could learn different techniques, different ways of cooking, different things to do, so I could be more round, well-rounded 
if someone comes to me say right now say hey i want to open this chinese restaurant i can do it if someone says i want to open a sicilian restaurant i can do it if someone says i want to open a jamaican restaurant i can do it that was my 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 mindset like don't be limited in what you could do you're more valuable if you're not limited so i'll work at all these places and work my way you know through the french quarters and they call those the, that's the jungle the french quarters is the jungle you're working your way through the french quarters you work your way um uptown magazine street you know you work and bouncing around all the different places and you meet different people you start seeing how it is to really um be it be it be a manager you know and uh you start how you talk to people and how you build connections and how you how you conduct yourself on a on a, on a professional level and an unprofessional level. New Orleans, with all the love that you have for it, New Orleans at times can be unprofessional, especially in the culinary world. There's been times where, you know, I mean, I tell everybody this in New Orleans, your your line is 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 half ex-convicts, half dudes that just want to get a check, and the other half is people that came from culinary school. So you sitting there on grill next to a dude that just came home off a of murder charge, you know, and mm-hmm. Y'all got a common goal. Your common goal is the is the is the bang this food out. In the first quarter, you you may do you may do fifteen hundred uh fifteen hundred people just at just for lunch, and another another two thousand people for dinner. You know, so it's like that's that's your that's your these are your brothers. Sometimes you're not gonna get along. There's been times where <clears throat> where you come the the GM come down, the GM say every. The whole line, it was like, hey, everybody, I need you to put your, um, I know most of you guys came with guns. I need y'all to put your guns in the lockers. The whole line walk off. I'm talking about 20, 30 dudes walk off to go put their guns in their locker, mm-hmm. come back, <laughs> start working. There's been times where, where the chef the chef will come and throw a plate at you and say, this ain't this ain't right. Fix this shit. Just throw the plate. And, and you may get mad. You know what I'm saying? And the chef tell you, he's like, man, we could clock out, go to the yard, fight, and come back, clock back in, and go back to work. There's been times where, you know, the chef went out there, fought, come back, <laughs> went right back to work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it was really, really edgy. It is really like, that's, that's just how they coming. So you learn all that. And then you take it and then you mold it. And then you have this, this, this love and passion for it. And it makes you want to do more. It makes you want to be a lead line. Then you be a sous chef. You work your way up. Like a like one of the problems I was San Diego is everybody feel like it, it should be given to you. Mm-hmm. We work our way up. Um, I know I look at all the resumes. Mostly everybody in San Diego only been cooking for about four or five years. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like when I look at their resumes, everything before cooking was like construction, school teaching. I'm like, dang, you go to New Orleans, you look at their resume. They've been cooking. They may be 42. They've been cooking since they was 15, mm-hmm. 14. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, everybody's, everybody's a vet, and everybody wants the same thing, and everybody got talent. So the pool is, is way deeper, so it's like you, you really have to work hard for it. Like, to give you an give you example for everybody that's listening, I was working at a restaurant called uh, uh, Copeland's. Copeland's is Al Copeland's restaurant. Al Copeland's, the owner of Popeye's, uh, shareholder of Church's Chicken. The corporate chef came in there one day, fired everybody on the line except for me and one other dude in the morning. Fired everybody. Me and one other dude. He went outside, hired a whole new staff. 
came back, we opened for five o'clock. It's, it's so easy to find cooks out there. It's easy. It's so nobody, so we, 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 we could throw a cook away like it's nothing. Everybody out there doing it. So that's just how, that's just how it is. So it makes you even more hungrier. It makes you more, you know, for some, it makes them more snakish, but for some, it makes them more hungry, more humble. You have to keep pushing. You have to keep pushing. And then once you finally make it to that executive uh, executive chef level, that's something that they could never take from you. You know, you finally made it. When you made it there, <clears throat> that's when you really start learning, especially in New Orleans. That's when you really start learning. Um, I tell everybody, start at corporate first. Start for corporate restaurants first so you can see the structure. Then go to mom and pops for the creativity. But when you start seeing the structure and you start learning the numbers and and people think like we just make these these item costs, we just just get it out of our ass and just put it on a piece of paper saying, oh, we're just going to charge thirty dollars for this. Nah, everything is cost. Everything is cost within the twenty five to thirty percent range. That's how much we need to run the business. You know what I'm saying? We need food costs to be around twenty five to thirty percent of, of, of our sales. We need the we need alcohol to be roughly around twelve, maybe fifteen. Labor has to be around seventeen, maybe less than that is even better. So these costs has to be hit in order for your restaurant to make a profit to pay bills. You know, so that's something you learn a lot from from corporate places because they have that structure already in place. So when once you start doing that and you start learning the business aspect of the corporate world and then you translate that to like the more mom and pops or the more independent restaurants and you start seeing that's when the menu designs creativity menu creativity and when all that stuff starts taking place that's when your mind starts getting you know really advanced to where i could just sit down and create a menu in my sleep you know and then once that happens you feel like you're ready for that big jump of being a part of something or or even opening your own food truck or restaurant because you have that business aspect down. And a lot of people don't really understand that, especially these uh like personal chefs and 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 cooks like that. They just go about pricing and doing things how they want to do it, but there is a system on how you're supposed to do it. And I tell everybody that all the time. So that's like the biggest thing. That's that's been my journey so far is is mastering all that to get into a place where I could, I could be a part of opening multiple concepts. Yeah, you, you clearly come a long way because um, I've seen it. Like, um, now you're an executive chef now, correct? Yeah, and more now, now I'm a corporate chef, culinary director. So how we do that is everything that's spent off of anything Louisiana brand is me. Anything that's on Louisiana brand, I'm the corporate chef for that. So Ms. B's, Coco Maya's, Park 101's, uh, anything like that, uh, that's all me being the corporate chef of that, meaning I do the menus, I handle everything with the kitchen, I do all that, the food stuff. I hire a chef, the chef perfects it, the chef does it, bam. You know, that's that's my stake in that. Um and it's 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 reward it's rewarding yeah it's, it's it's rewarding any any new concept that pops up I have my hand in it it's to the point now where you know even other restaurants come in and be like hey can you give me some pointers can you help me out with the menu can you do that and I do that also so it's 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 rewarding.
That's crazy. Because like you said, you have like your hand in like every different field. Like one day you'll be working at um spaghetti, like you work at an Italian restaurant. And, and then at the end of the day, you work at Steakhouse. So like you've had your experience in like all t- different locations and in types of food. And yes. You have that um, experience to be able to branch out and do what you want. And that's like the dopest part of like and you're still growing. Like there's no there's no end to it. Yeah, there is no end to it. There is no end to it. You just got to keep on growing and developing. You can't be content. Um, my dad always said content is failure can't be content you got to keep on pushing i mean if you i mean you know things have changed like you know when you when you're living in certain areas but like you know back home is like being content you get passed up real quick you know so it's just you just got to keep on developing your skills and stay mm-hmm. humble and, and keep cooking like even now like i still get in the kitchen to cook mm-hmm. a lot of chefs don't get in the kitchen and cook no more you know what i'm saying there's a lot of chefs that don't cook like i still i still get in there Oh, we're short staffed. I'm putting an apron on. Oh, we don't have this. I'm, 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 I'm gonna do it. Special dinners, special events. I'm cooking. You still have to do that. You still have to, you know, you still have to get in there. And you know, we're about to open Q and A's in Oceanside. Uh, Q and A Oyster Bar. For that whole opening, I'm gonna be in there cooking. You know, that's just the reality of it. You know, you have to get in there cook. Like, like I said, a lot of chefs don't want to cook no more. But yeah, that's once you, you once you make it to that level, yeah, right. That's, that's how you know you love, love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can't get content because then once you start once you start getting content, then that's when the creativity starts dying down, and then the fun starts dying down. Then you don't want to do it no more. Then you know, like, what's next? But if you if you keep on going, there's always new ways to branch out, be creative, and create new things. And like, that's how people um you don't realize like they end up giving up after so long but yeah you gotta stay with it mm-hmm. stay with it and be in a position to where you go open more like i'm blessed to be in a position to where louisiana purchase took off so hard and is doing so good that more and more people want to invest and more and more people want to do you know do more like it's in the position would be like i'll be like hey I want to open another another spot. It'll just be how much you need. You know, it's just you're you be blessed to get to that point is when you put all your 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 heart and your passion into something, you know what I'm saying? Like Louisiana purchase, and then you could branch off to do Q and A's and you could branch off to do, you know, other spin-off concepts. Like uh, we're not gonna do the same Louisiana purchase, we're just gonna do spin-off concepts of what Louisiana purchase is and make it a whole new branch. You know what I'm saying? Is you 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 get blessed to do that? For sure, I was blessed to see the the growth of Louisiana Purchase because I remember when I first started going, it was like rarely ever like uh it wasn't really like a long line where I had to wait long. Like re- recently, before I left and everything, it was always like uh yeah like either I had a call before you come because it was like always people there at that point because like people just love being there. Like the vibe was good, the music was good. It's like inevitable <clears> to to um not be busy when you're just that good yeah so. definitely definitely and i tell everybody like man look and it, it might just be like like i said you learn a lot from new orleans and do a lot in new orleans we we are more hospitality driven 
Mm-hmm. So I tell everybody, man, you can't forget. Don't forget who made you hot. You can never forget who made you hot. You know what I'm saying? You never forget, never forget the the certain people that that helped you get to where you where you are. Before COVID, we would I would say before COVID, we was jumping. Before COVID, we was hitting a peak that was unheard of before COVID. Before COVID, we was we was there. Matter of fact, I don't know if you went to that 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 first Mardi Gras party. I don't I know if I you did. was there. I think I did. I we, got, uh, I we was, matter of fact, you was, you was, you was there because you had some mm-hmm. pictures in the back. We mm-hmm. was so packed. There was, we, we allowed standing room. People were standing on top of each other just to be in, in, in Louisiana. Per- we, fire marshal could have shut us down. We were so packed. <laughs> then COVID hit. <laughs> then COVID hit. And we, and I had this idea to where I was like, Man, I'm gonna just hit social media hard, mm-hmm. hit them hard. Like just, just let everybody just focus on social media because that's all people got. They was at home. Focus on social media. We're we're gonna we're gonna hit social media. We we out social media at every restaurant in in San Diego. When our reps and everybody was telling people how packed Louisiana Purchase was, we had big dog companies, big dog companies hitting us up. Man, what is what are you guys doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We we had big dog companies hating on us. We had Ketner Exchange hating on us. We had big dog companies. We had the 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 Juniper and Ivies, the you know what I'm saying? All these places that is that is nationally known and all this stuff like that, so-called and all. We had them like, what are they doing? How are they how do they have a line? How do they have a line during COVID? What's going on? So you can never forget. You know what I'm saying? You never forget, but like you and Sheree and Steph and and Sheena and and the Wiley family and you know what I'm saying? There's like so many others that made us hot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's sure. like you don't forget. You know what I'm saying? Um, shout out to like Paul George. Paul George is the one he put us on blast and he he had us popping. He had us popping. Shout out to Paul George, you know, um, uh, yeah, oh man, Paul Paul George came in. Paul George came. In. I remember, uh, uh, our 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 Instagram account was at like I want to say seven seven thousand. Paul George came in with his family, loved everything. Posted about him and his his girl. Posted a bunch of stuff. The next day, we was at twelve thousand. In a day, powerful social like, media. <laughs> Bruh, like I was like, shout out, I was like, shout out to Paul George, man. Boy. Then he came back, did it again. I'm like, dang. Then after that, <laughs> we started getting all the, we started getting like the Kawhis and everybody coming in, and then like the LA yeah. people started coming in deep. Like, yeah, so we started getting like all the LA love, and it was, it was, it was I was like, yeah, it's, 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 you know, we, we trying to, we trying to submit ourselves, yeah. So like, you know, you just never forget, never forget who made that. That's why when when these when certain people come in. I always say like, man, let no, let let them in, let them like, mm-hmm. let them in, let them do what they want. You know what I'm saying? And you know, just you just can't ever forget, never forget. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm I feel blessed to be even part of um experiencing everything, being there, um, being cool with the staff and everything, like being able to even eat there. Period. Like, that's definitely hands down my favorite restaurant, in San Diego, and. I would take that to the grave. I don't care what anybody says. 
people always ask me, like, do you get free food there? Because I be eating there so much. I'm like, nah, <laughs> it's worth every penny though, for sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Things people don't understand. Things cause when you know when they really being made. When the shit ain't out the can, you know what I'm saying. Things cost, man. You got to pay for that. But <laughs> people, you know, people, people get it. It's to the point now where it's, it's weeded out. You know, the people that that can't pay don't want to pay. They stay where they at. Oh, the yeah. people that do, you know, they come through and show love. So gotcha. it's to the point now where, yeah, yeah. So this is the point now where we we weeded out the negative. You know what I'm saying? And that was all good vibes and positivity. You got through the storm, through the through the, um. Like how how was COVID? Like I know you say you was, because I know, I remember going there doing COVID all the time. Like you just come, uh, or you call in the order, come pick it up and everything. So it was like almost like you never, you guys never slowed down with business. So like it was always popping for me when I went there. So what was it like the toughest yeah. part, of, part of that? The toughest part was it was only three people working there. That was the toughest part. And we was probably more busier than we was probably we was more busier than COVID than a lot of these rest these these smaller restaurants is right now after COVID. <laughs> like we and it was just three people working. You know what I'm saying? But we we was we was we was we was we was, we was hooking people up. You know, we was hooking people up and it and it was cool because we got to see and meet different people. You know what I'm saying? Like we 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 gained a whole new clientele during COVID of people that we never really seen before. And we and like I said, with the connections, they still come now. You know, they started coming during COVID. They still come now. And we remember those people. We show love, show love to those people too that always come in, always show support, always, you know, here for us and stuff like that. So we make sure that, you know. We make sure to show love to them also because they helped us during COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a there's a, there's a lot of that. But the hardest part was just getting it all done because it was just three of us. You know, mm-hmm. me, Chef Phil, and 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 Jasmine. So it was it was just three people, and we was like hustling. And then we was doing family packs, and <laughs> mm-hmm. we was doing family mm-hmm. packs, and all kind of like certain stuff. And man, it's like oh man, this shit. And it, was, it was it was it was it was tiring, you know. But I bet. But like yeah, you lasted through I mean, COVID, so like if you could last through that, then you just know you can last through anything at this point. So definitely, and that's how you're supposed to feel. Yeah, because I know like a lot of bit, a lot of um restaurants, whatever, probably went out of business during that time. So Louisiana Purchase is still standing, so you definitely got those new clients coming, like trying to taste what um you guys got, and they just stuck around, like you said. They just stuck around, man. They just stuck around. We starting to get more and more, more and more people coming through. Like, you know what I'm saying? More and more people show love. There's a lot of bunch of people that still haven't been yet. You know, and we get different people every day, and that's it's all love. You know, we love, we love it. We start getting support from different people. Um, there's like TikTok videos and all this other kind of stuff, and everybody coming through. You know, and mm-hmm. showing love and support. So it's it's all good. Yeah, I remember. Um. You guys used to have like a set menu, right? And then you started like branching out. Was that always part of the plan, or like that was like an inspiration that um just made it pop off? Like I remember when you guys started doing like burrito tacos, and then you started doing um the oxtail grilled cheese and like the, the fried crab legs. Was that always in the plan, or like that was just like something like inspiration? Nah, see what with that what um I was at a restaurant 
I helped open a restaurant back home. And um, they really, it was something that people, it was to get engaged with different people. So back, we did a different menu item every day. And mm-hmm. people loved it. And people was engaged. And it, and it kept them going to like social media to see like, okay, what's going on today? What we got today? What, what's going on today? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and people really enjoyed it. So we just always decided to just keep it going like that, you know. But before we was doing it, well, every week we was doing a different menu. We was the, we went from a different menu every week, different menu every day, to now we just do it by the month. So we just do a different menu every month, mostly because I'm getting ready to open Q and A's. So I'm not really there to kind of tweak stuff and do stuff how I want it. So, you know. But now they're doing it every month, um, which is cool. So, yeah, everybody, you know, they enjoyed that. Yeah, def- I definitely loved it. Like, it was always like a mystery. It was what's on the menu today? Like, it wasn't on the actual menu. It was like a like a secret menu that people would feel ex- like people love that exclusivity when like they yeah. know they get something not on the menu. But like, you had like the soul rolls one day. You had the octo grilled cheese the other day. And then you had the jerk shrimp pasta another day. It was just like the list goes on. It was crazy. Like, I want to I want to try everything. It was like yep. <laughs> no stopping me. Especially exactly. Everybody had exactly. The, um, bone and ribeye. That was my thing. <laughs> but <laughs> I, yeah. I was obsessed with that one. Y'all cooked like the best steak I've I've ever had. So yeah. I mean that's just that just go to show like it's that pan searing. But you know, my history in steakhouses, you know, is, is deep. So I try to, you know, make sure I take pride in when I cook those steaks, but mm-hmm. um, people, yeah, people really love that, and it's funny because there's people that always, they always say like, why uh, this person gets special privileges, and why this person, uh, Remy came in and got this, or 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 Tawana came in and got this, <laughs> why this person got that, and I'm just like, it's on the menu, what menu? Mm-hmm. I don't see it. I mean, you you gotta look on Instagram because that's the only where that's the only place. That's it. If you didn't go look on Instagram, you ain't gonna know what, you, gonna, you ain't gonna know what's going on. And that's and how you get like, ah. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta go on Instagram and look, and they'll be like, oh, oh, it looks so good. I wish I would have known. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen, that, I've seen that numerous times. People look at my plate and like, what? <laughs> yeah, like how how did you get that? I I never seen that. <laughs> Yeah. I've, been, I've been asked too before. I was just sitting at the bar eating my food. They're like, "Where you get that? <laughs> How does it taste?" I'm like, <laughs> exactly, like, exactly. Is it like a a chef you want to um, be like, or like um, or you want to meet? Yeah, who else? Like uh, anybody? Um, there was never really a chef that I wanted to be like. I just always wanted to um. I always wanted to create and do my own thing, mostly mm-hmm. mostly because being in New Orleans, we was around so many, so many good chefs, Michelin star, James Beard chefs. Like New Orleans, oh, we yeah. would have, we have so many James Beard award winners. Like San Diego would have like one, New Orleans <laughs> would have like twenty, <laughs> like we have twenty in a year. So this is like mm-hmm. we had so many that we was able to work with, like Susan Spicer. Uh, Nina Compton, you know, like all these different people. Uh, I forgot uh, Spencer. I forgot his name. But there was like all these different chefs that's coming in from all these different restaurants. 
you know what I'm saying? Like the Mario's and the Brennan's and, mm-hmm. you know, the Dickie Brennan's, Ralph Brennan's, Commander's Palace, Chef Tory over there, back when he was there. I got a chance to be around all these different people. So it's kind of like, these are the it's people, like, these are the, yeah, these are the hot, these, this is the hotness <laughs> right here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this, this is the hotness right here. I, I had a chance to be around all these different chefs, which, Mostly, all of them host host shows or judge shows on Food Channel Network. So it was like I got a chance to I already had a chance to be around them. So mm-hmm. there's never really like someone I was like I just felt like I had to meet, especially like a lot of chefs up north. Like I know like New York got a lot of good chefs. Um, Kwame is probably a chef that I would like to do something with. Um, but other than that, like I mean, yeah, we got it. Through, so I've been through. I've a lot, been through so I mean, like it's hard to impress at this point because you, like you said, you've been around so much. Like you, you, you came from the stomping grounds of where they cook. So exactly. Like, so it's never. It was never really. Yeah, yeah. And even here, like some of the good chefs that they have here, like, I met a lot of them, and you know, and and they're all like good in their in their own way. Like Chef Brad at Trust, stuff like that. And um, I mean, I met most of them, so I don't really. I don't really see myself like fanboying over any other, really, no other chef out there. So I just always wanted to do my own thing and be in my own way, in my own lane. So, yeah, I was going to ask you if this was just like your first podcast, but like that, I've been, I've seen you on like talk shows. So they just, I feel like this is nothing new. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been on, I've been on a lot of different podcasts. I've been on a lot. So they got a lost, I'm going to say right now, they got a lost file podcast. It's 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 me, Courtney from Hindu Studio, and uh, Mike, uh, owner of a uh, Black Magazine. We have a podcast on dating Black while in San Diego. All I'm gonna let you know is that podcast was straight heat, straight flames. You know? <laughs> that, that podcast was well, that podcast was so nice. They did not want to put that podcast out, so <laughs> I that. wish I wish I, they court, uh, they deleted it. They said, "Oh, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't put this out." I'm like, "Man, why why can't we put?" Hey, we were speaking our truth. Why can't we put this out? You know what, what? I'm saying? It was like, nah, I don't want I don't want people to get mad or people. Like, Ain't nobody gonna uh, get mad. Nah, put speech. that out. Freedom of speech. I like, man, you know, but but. We're gonna redo it. We're gonna redo it. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can redo it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold back mine. You know, I'm not gonna hold back on mine. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say everything that need to be said. You know what I'm saying for everybody. You know, you know, I tell everybody. You know, I got, I got this. I got, I got. You know, a lot of stuff to say, but I do different podcasts. We, I got that one. Um, we did the a sports podcast. Um, I did a couple culinary San Diego food and wine, uh, San Diego magazine. I did a couple podcasts for them. Did one with the uh, Chef Works. Um, yeah, different different people. So, you know, I've been blessed to dip and dab. Hopefully, you know, I'm trying to get a TV soon. You know, that's that recognition. That's how you know you're doing something right. It's like that's, that's the beauty yeah. of it. Like if you love if you love what you do and you stick to it, the better you get at it the more people recognize and like, it just grows from there. Like un- inevitably, like people don't recognize that. They just want to jump to a field that's not their lane and they don't do good exactly. it. and they quit because it wasn't their, their lane to begin with. So people just need to find their lane and stick to it. They do. 
And once you once you do that podcast again, I'm a, um I'll put the link to that in this podcast so that people can see. <laughs> that definitely was. Yeah, man, man, we 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 was dropping jewels, man. We were dropping jewels in that thing, man. You know, we yeah. was we was dropping we was dropping jewels, man. It was like it was it was it was what needed needed to be said out out here in the, out here in these streets. You know what I'm saying? We was, I was like, <laughs> man, look. And, and and before people start thinking now, nah, we we was we was very, being very supportive of our sisters, you know. But we we was just dropping, we was, we was dropping jewels, we was we was dropping some gems, especially for you know some of these fellas out here, you know what I'm saying? But they deleted, know, hey. deleted it. Hey, it's gone forever. That, he, that's what he said. He he said I had to delete it, man. And I'm like, <laughs> man, he should have let that thing ride, bro. Let that uh, thing ride. Hey. Can you um explain a little bit more about the Bad Boys of Culinary? I know that's moving. It's like a movement. Like it's growing. I see it. Yeah, it's growing. It's growing pretty heavy now. Um, pretty much, it started as uh, I can't really say. It, it started as like culture, right? Mm-hmm. I said the same thing about like in New Orleans, we had this culture everybody's together like all the cooks after 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 shifts all the cooks all hang together from different restaurants different restaurants you meet different people front of house back of the house everybody's chill together uh, different chefs come together they talk their little shit it's culture um that culture was not here at all everybody was doing their own thing everybody was separate you know, so everybody was doing their own thing separately. Um, you get on Black San Diego, and one of the questions that they have is, uh, I need a chef. Uh, they answer that question like maybe like 10 times a day. Mm-hmm. I need a chef. Tag them, <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> Man, and it'd be the same chefs that pop up. Like, you could really just go on the search log and then search it, and you'll see. But it's the same people that pop up, right? So I'm just like, man, all these people pop up. I was like, Nobody ever did none together. And it was like, nah, you know. So I was like, all right. Like I said, New Orleans, that's our culture. This, that's our culture. No matter what anybody say or what anybody was, oh, this and this and this. That, the, 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 the togetherness of chefs is us. That's NOLA. That was not here. When I first moved here, there was nobody really making noise as far as doing events coming together, black culinary, nobody was really making noise like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, uh, Chef Kelsey hit me up asking about crab cake. I was like, yeah, cool. And he was like, yeah, uh, Chef Q, he just told me I did crab cake. Like it was, you know, it was nothing. First time talking to him because mm-hmm. I'm not that type of dude. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to let everybody know anything. Like, you can ask me anything. I don't care. I'm gonna answer. You know, mm-hmm. told him what it was. So me and cousin was cool. Chef Josh wanted to do some. If I'm not mistaken, it was a, a wing, a wing day or something. I was like, I think about it. You know, but stayed in contact with him. Uh, already knew Chef Pete. Already knew Chef Pete. Uh, so it was just like one of those things where I was like, "Man, we should do like a black sh- a black culinary showcase." And I was just watching um, 
Bad Boys of Comedy. And uh no, it was Kings of Comedy. It was I was watching Kings of Comedy mm-hmm. and I was like, that would be dope if we do like bad boys of bad boys of culinary. And about a hashtag, right? So when when they would come in, they would ask, oh, what chefs, this and this and this is available. I would tag all of them and I would put bad boys of culinary. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a little, you know, look like a little thing, you know? And mm-hmm. Shit, we did the first event. Tickets sold out, and I think they said like twenty minutes. <laughs> like I was like, God damn, tickets sold out in twenty minutes. You're like twenty minutes, boom, done. I'm like, oh, okay, 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 I, okay. They wanted this, okay. Did the first event. Second event, we come back is bigger. St. Carlsbad mm-hmm. Park One Hundred One. Sold out in about an hour and a half. Almost 100 tickets. Over 100 tickets. Sold out. Bam. We had everybody from the Mayor Faulkner to, to Marshall Falk. Everybody in the building. You know what I'm saying? Everybody in the building. That's cool. Cool. Um, after that, it was just like, you know, this was cool, you know. And I didn't know how how I wanted to kind of go about it, like do it different people in different states, do it as like a different little thing, like interact to change out the people, you know, stuff like that. So when makers came for Black History, they was like, oh, we have uh, a Black History Fund, which is funny. So this is another side note. Companies in San Diego have Black History Funds most of the companies choose not to use them. Facts. Crazy. Crazy. They could throw so many different black history things just off of like the funds that they got. Makers had, a, a, I think it was like a $10,000, a $10,000 bump just to do something for black history month. <laughs> How many black history month things do you see in San Diego? <laughs> Events or anything by anybody. Not a lot. You barely see any. So that just goes to show you that most of these companies take that money in their pocket. Mm-hmm. They ain't trying, they don't try to do nothing. You know, so so as messed up as that sound, but makers came and they was like, hey, we want to do something, this and this and this, but we want the bad boys of the culinary, but we want it condensed down. Trevor, which is the baker's rep for San Diego, said he worked with Duval. He wanted Duval. Already knew, was familiar with Duval. Duval came, got Kelston, bam. We did the maker's event, blew it up, blew it out the water. Everybody loved it. It was great. Um, that kind of like shaped how we went about like the whole bad boys thing. Now we started doing, I started putting it in a uh, local magazine, different magazines. Every time someone asked, I would throw it out there, you know, bad boys of culinary group of black chefs. Then it started being a big thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So after that, I was pretty much like, well, I could just, I could just do different events anywhere I go. Like I could just call up, I could go back to New Orleans and do a bad boys event. You know, like I wasn't really tripping. Chef Kelson is the one 
that wanted to keep this thing going in a certain direction, right? Mm-hmm. I was just going to be like, all right, cool, I did it. I'm going to just go do it somewhere else. I'll, I'll go to L.A. and do it, you know, something like that. So Chef Kelsey was like, man, we could do a nonprofit. We could do this. We could do that. We could do this, this, and this, and this, and this. He came with, like, this whole plan, this whole PowerPoint presentation. I'm like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you want to do, go ahead. Do it. So he knocked all that stuff out. He got all the information down, all the information done. He like, man, I think this could be something, you know, that that can grow. I was like, all right. If that's what you want to do, cool. So he went for it and he got the paperwork stuff. We signed off the paperwork. We did all this other kind of stuff. LLC, the LLC nonprofit, trademark, bam, 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 done. So now you have it. Bad Boys of Culinary. Now we're doing a, a culinary showcase uh, February 21st, this Monday, of, of new up-and-coming chefs. And that's crazy. So yeah, do y'all plan on like traveling and doing events? That was the idea. That was always the idea. Mm-hmm. That was always the idea. I mean, even if I remember sitting down and um I was asked, um, because Bad Boys of Culinary was my it was 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 me. So someone asked, it was like, so what do you feel like your plan is gonna be? Do you wanna just Do a new whole new team, a whole new, you know, we can do an event. We can do a whole new, a whole new team, you know, we can do a whole new this, whole new that. You can go to LA, you can go to DC, go to Chicago, do a whole new team and really like move forward with this. Me being me, because I'm the type of person that'd be like, if I start something with someone, I always feel like they should be, I'm, I'm loyal to a default so to speak so I'm like I would start a new team I would just interchange interchange people switch people out for different states you know what I'm saying so I would it would be like if it's in LA it would be me Kelson two other chefs if it's in Miami or Houston it would be Josh Duvall two other chefs if it's in New Orleans it will be me Josh two other like everything just gets switched out between who we have and we just all become like this group of bad boys of culinary, you know. So that's how, how we many, that's um, how we got how it. Many members y'all got in the bad boys of culinary so far? Is it like the thing that y'all gonna keep? Right now, mm-hmm. oh man, right now, I mean, we 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 grew pretty pretty heavy. I would say maybe seven. Seven. Are you planning on keeping like a consistent amount and just like having people come under you and like? Uh, um... So what, what, what we're gonna do now is people's gonna come under us and then they have to pay a fee, almost like mm-hmm. a, the culinary, like a like a like the uh, executive chef corporation or chef de cuisine corporation. You come, mm-hmm. you come in, you pay a fee, and with that you get like um, training bulletins, different things. That's what we're building up to. So you get. Mm-hmm a bunch of different perks and a bunch of different events and different stuff like that. Um, if you decide to join and you pay like a yearly or a monthly fee. That's not bad. Cause I, uh, not only that, they get the recognition cause you guys are growing and like being recognized. It's like going to like Harvard. Like, Oh, you went to Harvard. 
you, you people be like yeah i was under bad boys of culinary people that uh, recognize that be like oh i want to work with you blah, blah, blah. so it's like a i'll say making a band but it's like yeah you like you're giving people that recognition for them to branch out and do their own thing but they have that um that bullet that bullet point under their resume to say they work with you guys so exactly exactly yeah uh, i just want to appreciate you for coming in again um i want to appreciate you for what you do for the culture because like I'm trying to do the same thing on my in my own lane with the um this Black San Diego, but then I created the the Black New York, Black Chicago groups and everything. And I did it's also a Black Gulf Coast and also Black Alabama. I'm hoping like to get, grow even more, create some more groups, or whatever, so that one day we could all just come together and do something like kind of like what you're doing with the Bad Boys of Culinary. So right, I appreciate everything you're doing, and I'm pretty sure other people appreciate what you're doing too. So. Oh, always, bro. It's about culture. It's about the culture, man. It's always about the culture. Like it's about your people. It don't. It don't matter what it is. Don't let a few of these bad apples. There is bad apples out there. There's people out there that don't appreciate what you're doing. There's people out there that just hate, just to hate. You know what I'm saying? Like I, like, like we, like I get a, a yoke saying that I had the worst pancake or the worst something, worst pancakes ever. And I'm like, I don't even serve pancakes. <laughs> like, it just people would hate just to hate. People would hate something just to hate something. And the problem, and the problem with the community, and I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say that the problem with the community, and and it's a San Diego thing because I never witnessed it in New Orleans. My mom's side of family from LA, they not like that. It's a San Diego thing. You can't headshot businesses. And I believe it was uh, Mark Vale who said it best. He been, he been around San Diego many, many years. He knows how people are out here and they would headshot a business and kill them. And the next day, you know, they're gone. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Help people grow. Mm-hmm. The reason why we grow so much is because I listen. People will come and be like, Chef, the chicken was a little salty. I'll go back in the back. Hey, y'all, cut that salt down. Chef, mm-hmm. this was a little bit this. Chef, this was a little bit that. Now, if it's something that's a continuous a continuous thing and, and I notice it, I'm going to tell them, look, hey, y'all need to switch, switch this, fix that, this and this and this. You know what I'm saying? You could tell when this is a genuine, like, you know what I'm saying? But for the people that come in and they eat something, they'd be like, I don't like it. And then we come to you and say, hey, everything good? Yeah, it's good. And then they wait till they get in the car, jump on Facebook, and be like, I hated this shit. It's trash. I don't respect that, though. I don't respect that. I don't respect that. Like, for what? (laughs) Yeah. For what? For what? Especially, I I came to you and asked you. (laughs) I remember that. Yeah, like I asked you, I asked you, bro. I asked you multiple times, and you couldn't say nothing. You couldn't fix your mouth to say nothing. To me, that's back home. We'd be like, that's you know, that's pussy back home. You know, we'd be like, oh, that's whole shit. You know what I'm saying? Back home, we we'll, we call it how it is. You know, so for you to do that, it's like, dang, you know. And people do that. It's like, holler us when we there. Holler, like let back. us know. Hey, we'll fix it. You don't like something, we'll fix it. We will fix it. We ain't these white companies. When you don't like something at Ruth Chris, you don't be doing that to them. I know. I was a chef for Ruth Chris. 
Y'all don't do that to them. Y'all do you don't go to Del Frisco and get a hundred dollars steak and you're like, oh, it wasn't that good. But you don't go on there and be like, Del Frisco got the worst steaks I ever fucking had. You don't do that. You know what I'm saying? It's so they, that's something that that they take the L. That's something that needs to be fixed within the coach. That's something that needs to be fixed. That you know, but it's communication. It's communication. But we can't let them ruin all the beautiful people that come through and show love. And I'm not just talking to just me. I hear I hear stuff about everybody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I and, and, and that's where the culture changes is when you start stopping all the negativity. Don't come to me and tell me nothing about surfing soul. They doing their thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm rock, I'm rocking with them. Don't come and tell me nothing about coops, nothing about bow leg. Don't come and tell me nothing about about none of them. <laughs> don't tell me nothing about none of them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear nothing. Like, if that's yours, you have to protect that. That's yours. Protect it at all costs. I don't care how you feel about it. Protect it. Sure. So don't come and tell me nothing about it. I don't want to hear nothing. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm about to go to Bowleg with I'm done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I, I, I miss like, the red tips with the, the mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah. Man, man, don't tell me nothing. <laughs> man, don't tell me nothing, man. You got to support that. But I noticed, like, that's just how it is. I remember me and Kelson did a, a give back. Mm-hmm. We went and bought dishes at at Sonny's, Bowleg. I can't remember if we did Coops or not. But I know we did Sonny's, Bowleg, Surf and Soul, um, Hammond's Ice Cream with North Park. <laughs> Bought a certain amount of dishes. You buy one, get one free. Mm. Everybody showed love. They loved it. People loved it. They was like, oh my God, thank you, chefs. This is great. You guys really give back to the community. I love it. They loved it. You know what I'm saying? Louisiana Purchase, we did, this is what people don't know, man. We did We did low-income meals during COVID. We did free meals for low-income people during COVID. We did meals, we did, we did catering, free catering for, 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 uh, gun violence victims you know what i'm saying like we did so much for the community it's like dog like <laughs> you know what i'm saying but you. you don't want how can you hate it mm-hmm. so so my thing is like for us to do stuff like that and the people to still come back and like i remember i can never forget this lady said <laughs> she said i sure appreciate what you and chef kelson did for the meals but Y'all should have did more meals than that because by the time I got there, it was they was done. <laughs> what? <laughs> did more meals than that? You ain't help us pay for none of this. <laughs> like, what mm-hmm. are you t- <laughs> by the time you <laughs> got there, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, see, that's just there. You go, bro. <laughs> there yeah, you go. I mean, hey. I had, um, I had a photo shoot set up for like a group of group of girls whatever and there's one girl like um she can't go so can i reschedule it mind you the place is booked already the venue's booked and everything so you want me to cancel this tell other other girls we're gonna re- move it because you can't come that's the color i know i can't see, do that. see what i mean Mm-mm. see what i mean you got any um any like tips you would give like stuff you you wish you would have known before i guess part of um <clears throat> As on being a chef, the the biggest tip I could I could give you is if you're about to be a chef of a restaurant, not private, 
if you're trying to be a chef of a restaurant, know firsthand what you're getting into. Know firsthand how long, how many hours, and and how stressful this business is going to be. Um, pay attention to that because I see people fold all the time. I see those 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 50, 60 hours a week people <laughs> get tired and, and fold and, and, and don't want to do it no more. I see it all the time. So mm-hmm. you have to know exactly what you're getting into. It's long nights. It's stressful. If you're, if you're in a relationship, I think it was a, st- a statistic that said uh, 58% of, of, of chefs get divorced. <laughs> so, so it's it's a lot and 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 it it takes a lot and especially when you grow and you become bigger and bigger and, and better and it's a lot it's a lot to deal with so just understand you don't just want it for the fame and don't just want it for this and that understand what you're getting into know what you're getting into that's all i can say and make sure your your cost is always correct don't never shortchange yourself for sure, for sure. Uh, last thing I want to say, uh, you have any book re- recommendations? Uh, books? Mm-hmm. Not really. I Not really. Not really. Uh, Donald Link got a book. was really good on Cajun cooking. I would mm-hmm. uh, suggest everybody to check out the Donald Link book. Um, if you, if you don't have like the Leah Chase book, I mean, that's always a good one just because it's old school, old school, uh, Creole cooking. So those are the, the two that's pretty, okay. that sticks out of my head when it comes to culinary. I'll put those in the bio. I looked those up, put them in the bio on this podcast so people can see. Oh, oh, oh definitely. Definitely. But yeah. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I don't know. We've been talking for a minute. <laughs> I didn't even know yeah, we could talk yeah. this long to be honest, but I was like, I have my notes and everything. I was like, damn, I don't know if we're going to talk that long, but we did our thing. So I appreciate you for even taking your time out because I know how busy you is being a chef and everything. So, and like being a part of living in the person in general, I know you guys are always jumping. So just taking even an hour out your day to do this is um definitely grateful. Appreciate it, bro. For sure. And oh, matter of fact, can you tell people how to find you? Oh, yeah, man. Definitely. 100%. Man, look, you can find me. Uh... ChefWorks86 on IG, Quentin Austin on Facebook, or you could come down to the restaurant Louisiana Purchase SD. That's uh, 2305 University in Louisiana. Um, or you can find me at Oceanside at Q&As, which is named after me, Quentin Austin. Q&As, Ocean, uh, o- Q&A's and Oceanside, Q&As uh, Oyster Bar at the Brick Hotel. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty easy to, pretty easy to locate. So. For sure. Definitely. Like I said, definitely one of the best chefs out there. So get in tune with him. All right. Cool. I'll, to, I'll keep in touch with you, bro. Always, man. Always. All right. All right. All right. That's all for the episode. I want to thank anybody that's who's still listening. Your time is valuable to me because time is money. Like I said, drop a review and follow me on Instagram at speak on it seven. Also, if you haven't checked out my book, it's on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. It's called For the Love of Black Women. And yeah, that's all for now. So till next time, peace.